Thoughts on Peter Priest's podcast, the podcast where a gay veteran and his emotional support Canadian scream into the void about the Mormon Church. If you want to reach us, we are on Instagram at NotSoPeterPriestHood. And you can email us at NotSoPeterPriestHood at gmail.com. Thanks for joining us. Enjoy! Bye! let's just give these people all these different medications. We're not going to uh, study how they interact with each other. Um, or if there's a Yeah, it's just stuff. a cocktail of this will take mm-hmm. you up, but this will put you down. And yeah, mm-hmm. it's yeah, it's terrible. And I mean, she started getting into holistic health, like closer to the end of her life. Um, like where, you know, the more, I guess you'd call it uh, Eastern medicine type stuff. Right, yeah. Um, because I actually had a tumor when I was four, and they were able to get rid of it with Eastern medicine. So she was like more interested in trying that. Um, and it seems like Eastern medicine is always a little bit gentler to people. Oh, yeah. It's not so like so invasive a lot of times. Which yeah, can and be I will helpful. give my dad credit. Like he did, he would spend his money doing anything and everything to try to help her. And ironically, I think if there if he was more emotionally in tune with her and they connected that way, that would have helped her more. Um, so uh, anyway, so she was trying really hard to do all the things that the doctors told her to do. She would do all the surgeries. She would do take whatever pills. Um, no idea how they reacted with each other. Uh, it's just, I mean, they. They kind of failed her, to be honest. Um, and uh, I think it happened to a lot of, they failed a lot of people back then, for sure. So, um, before she died, I was like, earlier that year, I want to say, I think it was, so early 2003, we like woke up one day and it was like maybe, I want to say like spring Back then we had block school, so you'd have like months off. And my mom was like, "We're gonna go to Florida," and I'm like, "Oh, cool." Uh, and uh, you know, little did I know that maybe they were just trying to get out of the state for a little while for my dad. But it's fine. We got a really like like bomb ass vacation out of it. Like, I mean, we now I look at it, I'm like, "How are you like spending all that money knowing you were in trouble?" Um, like we stayed at the best places. We went to Disney World multiple times. We went to Bush Gardens. We'd go to Universal Studio. We would go. We had like a beach, like condo that we would stay at. And this is and it and it turned into like we were supposed to be there for like a couple weeks to like months. So we got to a point where we were missing school. My mom didn't really want to leave, <laughs> and uh, my dad was like, "Oh, she's happy here and all this stuff. Like she loved the ocean. She felt so connected to it." Um, you know, the Gulf Coast is really beautiful. And it was kind of sentimental to her because we took family vacations to like that Tampa area. Um, you know, when we were young, like even younger than that, and with her mom. And uh, I think my Nana even came down for part of the trip. But anyway, we might have been in had, like, Tampa at the same time if you're at Bush Gardens. I'm just because that's where I served my mission. 
oh, really? in Tampa That's area. Yeah. yeah, it was so awesome. Like, I mean, I, I have super fond memories of, like, that trip. We got, like, professional family photos done. Like, I've, I hadn't seen my mom, like, happy like that in so long. Like, she had color in her face. Like, she was eating. I mean, there was normal, like, kids getting into tr- trouble and, you know. You know, one sibling might have picked up the other sibling and, you know, threw him on the ground. But, you know, it's fine. Like, <laughs> normal stuff. Like, she was, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she she could she could cope with that you know um uh and my dad was like sometimes around but not and now that I look back I'm like yeah that's a little weird like I don't know um but he would be like on certain trips to like the like you know theme parks and stuff but there would be times like I didn't I remember I didn't see him but um so we were there for like months we were just were there for months and oh. at some point I, I guess I mean, I think back then they really didn't do a lot of like attendance things because I missed a lot of school <laughs> and nobody, no, there was no government going after us or anything. You know, <laughs> I never, <laughs> people were just like, okay, like that's fine. You missed four months of school. Um, <laughs> uh, so we, eventually we go back and I noticed like the shift in my mom's face, like we're on the plane and I could just tell she's just like worried. I mean, she was ready to get back to, like, my dog. Like, our dog was really great, but, and, like, my Nana. But she, I could just tell something was, was off. I mean, she had such a wonderful time, and I have so many beautiful memories with her there. Like, you know, hunting to, to find different conch shells and, and doing all these paddleboarding. I don't know. But it just, it's almost like that, that happiness left. And uh, we get back, and my mom and dad start fighting even more like I remember the cops coming to the house at one point and my dad's like I didn't do anything wrong I know she's just I don't know the cops are like yeah man I don't know why she's calling the cops on you you know like this like bro camaraderie thing I don't know and not that I don't remember him ever physically like doing anything to her I think he might have like pushed her off from maybe her like hitting him or something but I don't know I look back and I'm like you know if I, if my, I was my mom and my dad said those things, I'd want to hit him too. So I don't know. <laughs> it's kind of, there's some gray area there. Um, and uh, we start getting into the holidays and, and things like that. And my mom would usually be like the one to come and participate at school stuff and, and uh, like be involved. And she just wasn't. And I remember she was supposed to be on this field trip <laughs> And at my my class, and she didn't come. I had a birthday party that she was supposed to, she like planned, but she didn't wasn't even there. Um, that's when I started feeling like something was really wrong. And then um, I have never shared this with anybody, but I feel like it's okay to share. Um, maybe you know, I don't really know what it means, but I I had like a dream. It was some time before my mom died around she died New Year's Eve of 2003. And I had this dream where I saw this like this white gun, some kind of handgun and it was on the ground and like and I just remember hearing all these different voices of like, "Oh my gosh, she's dead. Oh my gosh, like what are we going to do?" and like and I remember finding my mom dead in my dream and not understanding why. And I woke up and I was terrified. I was like, what the heck? But I was like, oh, it's just a dream. Like, that won't happen to me. It'll be okay. 
and um we kind of, she like didn't go to like church whenever we did go to church like uh she just wasn't there um and I just was really worried but I, in my mind I was like well I'm doing everything the Heavenly Father's telling me to do so like he's gonna heal her like I mean priesthood blessings are supposed to help and yeah. all this stuff and I remember there'd be multiple occasions where my mom would have to go to the hospital like at night and I would just cry at the window and just pray like you know please help my mom like I'm trying to be as good as I can I'm doing all the things I'm supposed to do my mom's a good person like please heal her you know and I would do all I would I I tried really hard because that's what I was taught to do I mean, I, I remember even after my baptism, how guilty I felt when I like became imperfect again, you know, like, <laughs> like I was like, oh my gosh, I sinned. I said something mean to my sibling. Oh no. Like, and I would try so hard to remedy it. Cause I thought in my mind, if I could be as perfect as I could, that God would bless us or bless me and help her. And oh. that was what I was, that's what I was taught. That's what uh, I, was yeah. taught, I was taught. And, um, so I really started clinging on to that and really tried really hard. I, when she was in the hospital, I tried taking care of my siblings and making sure everybody was okay as much as I could have. Um, I like would make her bed and, and get all her, she was into essential oils before it became MLM. Um, so <laughs> I would get her thieves. I got her thieves out and her lavender and all her favorite things like at her little table and, I'd get it ready, and then I would record the Buffy episode she missed, because um, that's oh, what you did back then. You'd record yeah. it on tape. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. And I and just wait for her to get home. And uh, she had, like, that major surgery I mentioned. I think it was around a Thanksgiving, and I think that's when she, re- she kind of felt like something was really wrong. I think they must have used latex, which all of us are allergic to, <laughs> except for my father. Um and, you know, things were getting worse by then because I think, according to, like, my records that I was able to find, like, that's when, like, the law really caught up with my dad. Like, they knew where he was. They knew what, what was going on. They knew who the other who the other partners were, who else was involved. And so that was a big stress for her, um, trying to figure out what they were doing. And And, again, I'm not responsible for how people react to what I remember and and here but I do remember my dad saying to her that she was a burden and um sorry um no it's 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 an it's hard that's a hard thing to have a parent who you, you love say to your parent who you are so close to that's a that's a really hard thing to hear somebody say about the person that you love more than anyone in the world, right? Like, yeah, that's a it t- was on that's the phone tough. too. Like, he didn't have the. I don't. He might have said it to her face at one point, but I just remember like he called on the phone, like when he had landlines, and like he wanted to talk to me for whatever reason. I was just like, oh, hey, Dan. I was like, why are you making mom upset? Like, very just, you know, <laughs> being a kid and wanting to know being why mom's kid. sad. Yeah. And I was just like, I don't know if I want to talk to you if you're making people sad. And and then I got off the phone with him and I could hear him being like, you know, saying my mom's name and being like, you're a burden and you're making 
everything harder. And, um, and just, you know, on the lines of those things, which I have to wonder now if there was definitely like more occasions of those kind of conversations. Probably. Um, yeah. Which is so, so sad. Like it's not, it wasn't her fault that she was sick. No. And she probably like, felt guilty about it anyways. And so then to just, oh, that's terrible. I'm so and sorry. And I think I think at some point, like, my dad decided that um, he wanted to paint the picture of my mom being, like, a hypochondriac and things like that. So probably, that yeah. So felt sorry for him. Yeah. And, you know, maybe maybe towards the end, maybe some of it was in her head. Like, I know she was, towards the end, like, she was really concerned about our health, too. Like, very paranoid about us getting sick. But I just thought, even as a kid, I was like, that's not fair. Like, that's not fair at all. Um, and it wasn't so, fair that you were exposed to that as a kid. Like, that. Oh, no. That's it's not so a good messed situation. Up now that I, I can look back. Now that you're a mom and you know, like, how, oh my how kids absorb everything that we say and they make oh, it so much. Yeah. That's I know. It's just, I, I have more compassion now for nine-year-old me but at the time I felt like I was so big and I I was old enough and I could fix this and um so she was coming back from the hospital for some kind of it was in December um right before Christmas she had some kind of follow-up from that surgery and um I was so excited for her to get home it was like kind of a weird day at Utah because there wasn't snow on the ground yet as much and it was kind of weirdly sunny and I remember being like, oh, maybe we could sit on the back porch and, you know, or just something, just do something nice together. Because she used to love, like, going to parks and walking around. And in my mind, I'm like, oh, maybe this is the day, like, maybe this is the day that God will heal my mom. And um, and uh, my dog was super attached to her. He was, like, the most amazing dog. He was a, he was a cocker spaniel mixed with a golden retriever. So he's like a little mini golden retriever with like curly hair. And he was just, he was my mom's companion. Like she was kind of like me where I would, we would, we just would <laughs> save every animal possible. Um, but he was like her lifeline, like he always slept with her and he missed her so much. And my oldest sibling um, or one of my older siblings was at the door cause they were excited too. And my dog was so excited that he, um, he ran out the door and and uh, there was a, some kind of, I remember this vividly in my mind, that there was a Jeep that hit him. And my mom saw him get hit as she was coming in the house. And she just looked like, she just looked like she's like lost a part of like her soul. And she just started crying and my oldest siblings are just like, staring like feeling so much guilt and and I I could just I didn't even know what to say I thought maybe like he would get up I was like oh maybe he'll be okay and then I, I saw that his stomach was just like flat and he lived for like a tiny bit but then he ended up dying which um, I'm glad it wasn't super long but my mom was devastated like she wouldn't leave the bed even when we buried him outside in our yard, she wouldn't come. And uh, and then after we buried him, I went to see her, and I just I just held her. 
I tried to talk to her, um, you know, just about anything as like a kid, you know, so like try to put something on TV here. And I was like, oh yeah, mom, are you excited? We're gonna see um, the last Lord of the Rings. That was like our thing. Like we would go see all the Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter's like at midnight or, or whatever um, at the Jordan Commons and and she didn't even react. She didn't even respond. And, uh, and I just held her. And then um, it was like maybe a few days later, it was like getting closer to Christmas. Um, my other siblings were asleep and she was like, you're old enough to know Santa's not real, right? And I was like, yeah, I kind of figured he's not. <laughs> I mean, not, she didn't, I'm like, you kind of hid everything in the closet. Um, (laughs) It wasn't sneaky. (laughs) Yeah. And she was like, oh, you're old enough. It's fine. Um, So I helped her wrap presents and she, and she was so good at everything. Like she could wrap presents professionally. Like there wasn't anything like she couldn't do and do it like perfectly and beautifully. Like she was just really amazing that way. Um, So she tried to teach me, but it went over my head. And, but she didn't ever correct me. She just let me do it. And uh, we had like a different wrapping paper for every kid. So we knew whose was whose. And I, I went down and I put everything out. I think my dad helped a little bit with that. But she wouldn't get out of bed. And she came down for a little bit during opening presents to watch us open stuff. Because she was always so, like, everything was just done beautifully and, like, no detail left undone. Um, And she kind of smiled, but I could tell something was wrong. And, uh, And then it, you know, New Year's starts coming by and uh, it was a pretty big house and there was, like, you know, the basement kind of level and then like a mid-level in the top. And I wanted to move my room to be next to her room because I wanted to be able to wake up and take care of her. So um, the other half of my siblings were moving their stuff downstairs. And then um, my youngest sibling and I were going to have the two rooms across from my mom's room. And so I was doing everything, you know, my youngest sibling's like a baby, you know, they're just, you know, with my dad or nanny or somebody, because for some reason my dad was around at the time, which I thought was really weird. And, uh, but kind of like, oh, maybe things will get better. Like maybe this, you know, is a sign, but something's wrong with my mom and I just can't shake it. I can't, but I don't want to believe that because God says, if I do what I'm supposed to do, that he'll bless us and, you know all that and like my siblings are good people and they're doing they want to help mom too and my mom's a good person so like why would he want her to suffer and um I remember her like it was maybe the day before new year's um she started like giving us stuff like jewelry and books and uh she had all this amazing, probably worth so much now, like Lord of the Rings, like jewelry that was like made by like people who made the jewelry, like really cool stuff. Like she's obsessed with Aragorn, who wasn't. Um, so she had his ring. Uh, 
I always thought my dad was a little jealous that she had a crush on him, but anyway. Um, <laughs> no man can live up to her. No man though. can. So I mean, whatever. even my mom had like a p- big old picture of him, like a poster of him in her yeah. workout room. <laughs> and she she also loved Sean Bean a lot. Uh, oh yes, Sean she Bean. loved the Irishness of it. she just anybody who was like Irish she was like oh yeah I, I get it I understand um but it was also he's a handsome guy back then too but anyway yeah so she had that one she's like you know she had it on her finger and then she gave different ones to like my other siblings and I got like the even star thing and, and I was just like oh this is really cool but like mom Christmas was like last week you know like and she's like oh you know I just uh you know, I want, I just feel like you should have this now. And there was like different little like trinkets with like notes in it. And, um, it was just odd. And like family were coming over more than normal. And I just, there was this air that just felt weird to me. And it felt like I felt like it was weird and no one else around me did. And I was like, is it just me? Like, I would think about that dream I had and I'm like no that's just a bad dream like Satan probably just gave me that dream you know all that stuff good old Satan um uh, this might take me a minute I'm sorry I know we're already going pretty long um that's okay take your time You're totally fine um so New Year's is when we started moving rooms around and I was bringing my stuff up. We kind of would just like share furniture. We all kind of had, she had a way of like, since we moved so many times, like everything kind of matched and, you know, she was pretty genius that way. And so I just only had to move like certain things and clothes and whatever. And I, I still don't really know. I don't think she talked to my other siblings. <laughs> Um, my oldest sibling was in her bedroom, but the other ones were somewhere downstairs, maybe playing PlayStation or doing something. I just remember she was out of bed and I was like, whoa, she's out of bed. that's weird. And she was just in like her, her comfortable clothes and, but she had like this very serious look on her face and and this could be like my brain you know when you're a kid like things seem more vivid or you kind of maybe exaggerate but it almost it was almost like her eye color changed like she had like blue green eyes kind of like I do and then it turned to like gray it was like no color there and she like I was in the hallway it's like skinny hallway and her room was you know across and mine was across and there were people in her room for some reason like my dad and another sibling and like our nanny and I was kind of confused why that was all like that but maybe they were trying to help her set up something and she put her hands on my shoulders and kind of held me and she gave me this hug and um I was just like go like hi mom like what's going are you how are you doing you need something and she said, no matter what happens, I will always be with you no matter what. Do you know that? And I was like, yeah, of course. But then I felt this darkness, like, this 
like weird feeling in my chest but I I tried to ignore it because I was like no like God wouldn't let that kind of stuff happen to me and my family and um after she gave me that hug and she said that sentiment she went back in her room and it took me a couple minutes but I was like something's really wrong I need to go back and find her so I set my stuff down and I go back and I I hear this gunshot and I hear this big dump on the floor and um the nanny screams and my dad screams and uh my I just remember this look on my oldest sibling's face though it was just like vacant and everything moved so fast after that like all of a sudden people are pushing me around trying to carry me out trying to move me around and I'm like no I just want to where where is she but nobody would let me go to her and then we're at the stairs and for some god reason my dad's on the phone (laughs) talking to somebody and I'm like and I remember being like why are you on the phone right now what the hell um, maybe not what the hell, because that wasn't in my vocabulary back then, but basically. Um, uh, and there was, like, some other guy, maybe it was a business partner, somebody was with my dad, and it, they were just, like, on the phone. Like, my dad wasn't crying, my dad wasn't. It was just the weirdest thing, and then uh, I'm, like, distraught. My other siblings look confused, but then one of my younger siblings goes, I think mom killed herself. And then I'm like, no, no, not, I can't. And I, I keep trying to go up there. Nobody would let me. And then they end up taking us out of the house. And then I swear they must have slipped a Benadryl or something. Because <laughs> I just remember going to somebody's, like an aunt's house. And like, for some reason, I was able to sleep. I swear they must have given us Benadryl. <laughs> something happened there. Because I was panicked how could I even go to sleep and I woke up the next morning um we're all like in some kind of living room um and then one of my aunts just very matter of fact no emotion really just like well your mom is dead and we're all like just in shock like I had, no, I had no words. I just didn't want to believe it. And um, and this is like the part of my story where like I remember I have a pretty good memory. My therapist says it's a trauma response. Um, but this is like there's those period of like the week and a half between then and my mom's funeral. Like, there's bits I don't remember because I don't think I slept. I just stayed in my room. I didn't eat. I didn't sleep. My great aunt or nanny or somebody was there trying to get us to eat and stuff. But I don't know what my siblings were doing. But I was just in my room in the dark all the time. Just either crying or trying to sleep but then having nightmares. Um, or just staring into space. 
I remember I got really mad. I there was like a picture of Jesus somewhere in my room and I just like took it off my wall. I was angry. I didn't understand. I was like I don't I didn't want to see him on my wall. And uh yeah, my mom he didn't he didn't protect you know, no. doing everything right and you were supposed to be protected and blessed. Yeah. yeah. And then this is like I was mad and I my unfortunately my dad burned the letters, but my mom did leave us all a letter. And um I just like read it over and over again all the time. And um somewhere along the way, maybe when we finally left the house for the funeral, somebody was able to take them all and my dad burned them for whatever reason. Maybe Maybe he was worried about how it would make him look when he was going to jail. Um, I don't know. Or maybe he was just being selfish and was angry that she did that. Or People yeah. do crazy stuff. Grief makes people act very strangely. When, when this kind of shit happens, people just do crazy things. Like, there's not a manual for how to deal with this. And especially no. back then. And yeah. it was just, I felt this sense of like people on my dad's family who ended up coming out, which I'd never met before in my life. I maybe met my dad's parents once. They had this like, except for my grandfather, um, this like weird energy of like being angry. And then everyone else was sad like me. So I was really confused. Um, and we had her funeral, I want to say like mid-January. And uh, I remember being so mad because I was like, this isn't the funeral my mom would have wanted. Like, people are going in there talking about how, I don't know, like, I'm too cheery. Some, <laughs> like, trying to give these euphemisms that don't make any sense. Yeah, and Mormon funerals are very weird. Yeah and, yeah, and, you know, then there's people like me who were sad like my mom's like majority of her siblings were Mormon so they were grieving they were sad but then like my dad's family it was like it was like a weird show it was almost like they were it was like a performing yeah like it's dad, almost like they try to celebrate like oh she gets to be in with Jesus now and and yeah, it, she's no longer in pain and yeah, all these things which let's are, be which, happy yeah. and talk like positivity about it yeah, yeah yeah or like my dad would cry on certain cues or things like but I'm like that's just weird like I feel like again I I shouldn't judge how other people deal with things but I just as a child I remember being frustrated because I was like my dad doesn't even seem legit upset <laughs> like he cries on cue for like certain things, but like my mother would not have wanted his mom to sing at her funeral. I remember, I remember busting out like laughing and people thought something was wrong with me. They were, <laughs> they were like looking at me like, Oh, she's busted. I just started busting laughing because I was like, <laughs> my mom would have not wanted my dad's mom to sing. They didn't go along. She hated my mom. <laughs> And she's singing like she's at some opera singer. Like, what the actual hell? Like, <laughs> and I just started dying laughing. And people, you know, and people are probably like, oh, it's just inappropriate affect or whatever. Like, who knows? But I just start laughing. And it, I kind of, 
least have a little bit of gratitude. I got to laugh at least once. This was just ridiculous. Um, it does sound, uh, yeah, I, I couldn't yeah. imagine my mother-in-law she, like, was, singing for me. Yeah, yeah singing. Yeah. And now that I look at it, like, she, like, why would my mom want a song about Joseph Smith saying it at her funeral? Like, it's a very strange what? choice, yes. Like, that is a strange choice here, you know? And I just laughed. And I think one of my other siblings laughed, but I just, I just was like, this is a, a, unbelievable. And then finally it got more normal where like her brother spoke and I still have like a copy of his, his, what he said. And it's like one of those beautiful things ever. And each of us kids got to go up and say something. Somebody has the recording of the funeral, but I just don't have the stomach to listen to it. Um, oh yeah. I couldn't imagine. I couldn't uh, imagine. But I do remember saying like, I guess I'll be the mom now. And like, and I talked about how my mom, like who my mom was. I was sick of hearing like things about my mom that were anything about her. I was sick of it. Like the whole, and she lit up the room when she walked in and they make it so like, much bigger. A, a daughter of Christ and all those yeah. things. And I was just like, sure, but that's, you guys aren't even talking about her. You're just kind of like saying things that make you feel good. And, um, and so I got up there and I got to say a little something to my other siblings. And then um, at the wake, I never left her casket. And that's when it really hit me that she was gone. I don't know if y'all have ever experienced this and I hope you don't have to, but like the feeling of somebody who's dead is the weirdest feeling yeah. ever. Um, like there's no life in her. Like it was her, but it wasn't her. And I just, I, uh, I put my even star necklace in her casket and I had pictures and stuff I wanted to put in there and I just never left I just cried and stayed there the whole time and then after the funeral I kind of did the same thing I did before the funeral I just stayed in my room I didn't go to school I cried I um I just sit there I don't really have I don't have a lot of memories of that that little period of time but not too long after that I was forced to go back to school um it was so awkward because I knew everybody knew and nobody wanted to talk about it and I didn't even know how to talk about it how do you talk to people about you know your mom killing herself especially in Utah back in you know 2004 yeah that would be um, that would be tough yeah um and uh, I don't know. I just kind of like went about the day, but I wasn't myself anymore. And uh, I noticed one day that my dad wasn't around at all very much. And, and then he turned up again and I found out he was like already dating someone. Oh, no. And that really made me angry. Um I liked her, but it was just, it just, I was trying to go with the flow or whatever, and I was a kid, so, but I was still, like, mom just died, like. Yeah, you're still grieving your mother, and this replacement is coming in almost. Yeah, and I mean, I guess to his, like, defense, like, they knew each other already, they were, like, sweethearts in college, but they didn't work out for whatever reason, but, like, I guess her, she claimed she saw 
her my mom's uh like obituary or something that's how they got connected but like I honestly like to be frank I don't care if that's how you saw it like you don't like you don't just start dating someone like right then um but like we were supposed to we were supposed to be like this is normal this is fine like just go flow like we're just gonna pretend like mom wasn't didn't exist and um and I just wasn't about that I would shower in her shower I would use her products I would sleep in her bed. I just wanted to feel close to her. Where then all of a sudden this woman's like around. Um, and I was in school one day and my dad was home with my youngest sibling and like my great aunt or nanny or whoever was there at the time. And I think that's, I don't know exactly which day, but I think it was like end of February that um, the cops came and took my dad out of the house. And they ripped my siblings out of his hands and then took them. And I I know that that's traumatized that sibling. Oh, for sure. Even just watching that happen. They were so little. Um, Just lost their mom and now their dad's being taken away from them. mm -hmm. And that that sibling must have been maybe three or four years old. Oh. Um. And then, like, I have a four-year-old, and me going to Walmart is traumatizing to him if he doesn't mm-hmm. get to come with me. I couldn't I couldn't imagine. Yeah. Um, and then some point in March, we were just kind of, like, not told that it happened until March. Like, we get a call from my dad that said that he's like, oh, I'm going to be away for a while. And then the nanny's crying. My great-aunt's crying. I'm just kind of, like, confused. And, uh... A little bit apathetic to it because I was kind of mad at them. I was like, hmm? I don't care if I see you for a little while. Um, but we were told to write these letters to like a judge, and I still have it somewhere. And I remember being upset because I felt like what I wanted to say wasn't written there, everything was written to make my dad look great. And how much we needed him and um, all this stuff, which I understand, like, they're trying to get him to not, you know, probably have a lot of time. And so he just lost his wife. And like I said, people don't, they don't really think and have like a clear mind when they do things after somebody dies or, or some kind of travesty happens. But um, there was, like, a shift of, like, almost power and control where, like, my dad's family was all of a sudden, like, really involved. Um, And it was just strange, and I just felt kind of indifferent and angry. But I didn't want to, like, be mad at people because I was taught that wasn't the right thing to do, even though I was at you know nine and a half ten years old already like having a faith crisis um like people talk about the shelf and I like to think of it as like I was given like this really cheap Walmart shelf 
So it wasn't really <laughs> wasn't really meant to hold a lot of things. No wall brackets were yeah, available no wall for bra- it. Yeah, like it, it wasn't not meant find to a hold stud. a lot. <laughs> no, it wasn't like meant to hold a lot. So like it really didn't take a lot for it to break. It, but I still had to keep the shelf because, you know, eventually, you know, I still had to live with my dad and he was still very Mormon. And so it was like I owned a broken shelf for like a lot of my life and I was expected to just put things on it, even though they kept falling off. And um, there was somebody at the funeral, I'll never forget it. And I don't know why people do this. But they were like, I don't know if your mom's going to be in the celestial kingdom with you. Oh, my God. Why? 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 Why are people like what? How is that helpful in any? Mm-hmm. Ugh, I'm so sorry somebody said that to you. That's so inappropriate. That's disgusting. I, so um, I lost my sister uh, in 2008 and then... Um, and people would always say stuff to me like, oh, you'll see her again. And here I am thinking in the back of my brain, how do you know that, for one? And also, how do you um, – and like you said, it's just stuff to make themselves feel better. But like that, yeah. that stuff is unnecessary. Well, Absolutely it was like I heard two different things. Like I would hear, oh, she's at peace now and she's with God and – you know, the reason God didn't answer your prayers is because, you know, he he knew he needed her back to be like a missionary or something stupid like that. Oh, I hate and, that. And but... even as a kid, I was like, that's stupid because the whole plan of salvation is she's supposed to be here with me. Yeah. Yeah. It's so contradictory. Right They're... now. Yeah. Right now. Not like You need your later. mom, not some damn spirits in the like, spirit like prison. If you have the ability to, like, heal people and, like, walk on water... And why could you not have mercy on my mom? Like, like why? Like, as a kid, I was just, like, had all these questions that nobody wanted to answer. And I felt afraid to ask because I get in trouble. But, yeah, I would, people would say crap like how I wouldn't be with her in heaven. And she committed, like, a horrible sin. But then I'd have people be like, oh, she's at peace now. You know, and she'll, she'll be in heaven and it's fine. And then, but then I'd hear, oh, well, you know, you might not be with her because... She did this horrible thing, so I'd be forced to freaking sing like families can be together for the most triggering song to this day for me. Besides the stupid like praise to the man, um, yeah. I hate that yeah. song. It gets stuck in my head all the time for some reason, and I just want to like it's so ah, bad. There's some that just like they have. It's like in Inside Out where you have those like uh, core memories. All of a sudden, just like mm-hmm. one of those little dudes pulls it out. It's like, let's make her think of that song again. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like and like I, they were still made me do the stupid primary program around Mother's Day. Ugh. Like That's despicable, so unfair, despicable. Yeah, and then had to sing that song, and I just felt like I felt heartbroken. So I was like. I prayed, I did all these things, I even got baptized, I did all I could to help my mom, I was nice to my dad, still being nice to my dad, Um, I'm trying to go with the flow here and like have faith, but now I'm being told um, I might not be with my mom, that doesn't feel right to me, and if it's right, then what kind of God is that? 
like that didn't make sense because I like the way my mom treated me you know if I made a mistake I wasn't banished I wasn't like oh you can't be with me ever again um you know it just didn't make sense to me the way my mom was as a parent if God was supposed to be like my parent too it just didn't make sense and so like I said my my Walmart cheap shelf that was permanently broken maybe missing some little you know things to keep the shelves up things just kept falling off it but I was expected to keep the shelf and um we started being brought to church like really heavily all the time my great aunt who you know my dad's aunt was pretty mormon so that's what she thought was the right thing to do different siblings are lashing out in different ways some are completely checked out some are just you know doing the best they can as a little little child i remember one of my siblings uh we were sitting at like a picnic table or something at a park and there was some people there like family and they were like oh how are you doing you know so and so and they were like well my mom is dead and my dad is in prison and that sibling was like seven six and that adult just didn't know what to say yeah like and i'm like oh. that, that sums it up i'm like yeah that sums it up and it gets unfortunately worse but apparently um somewhere along the line uh there was suspicion that somebody from my mom's family must have taken some kind of money from my dad or or some something like that. Like, and I remember my mom actually taking money out of the bank. Like, I went with her and she like had like a envelope of money and she hid it somewhere and she told me it was like for my nana, and not to tell my dad. And I was like, okay, didn't think much of it. So I really, I still to this day don't really know what happened, but. Um, you know, my dad obviously thinks he was wronged and it wasn't my mom's money to be given to anyone or somebody did this. Um, and then, you know, that, but that whole event made it so I was stripped away from my mom's family, except for a little bit of my Nana. There was one day I woke up in July, maybe, and they're like, oh, here's a suitcase. Um, you got to fill up, you know, some clothes and things that you want. I can't guarantee that you're going to see any of your other stuff again, but, um, you're going to be moved to Georgia. And I'm like, I don't even, I don't even know where the hell that is. <laughs> yeah. And they were like, oh, it's above Florida. And I'm like, well, that doesn't say a lot. Like, why? You know, but we weren't like at that point, I realized I wasn't ad ad allowed to ask why anymore. Ugh. I wasn't allowed to question anything. I wasn't allowed to ask because I, I would not get a very good response or I was ignored. Um, so I packed any clothes I did have and I was really worried about my mom's jewelry. So I put that in my bag. Um, I said goodbye to whatever toys I had that I probably knew I wasn't going to have anymore. Um, which is like, you know, as a kid, that means a lot. Yeah, it was your comfort objects in your, yeah. your whole world. Oh. Yeah. 
and there was like a big yard sale where my great aunt was just selling all sorts of stuff and it was really upsetting my mom's family because she they were she was going to sell stuff that was like my mom's that wasn't supposed to go anywhere and, and that's where I think a lot of the misunderstanding and miscommunication happened I probably won't ever know the full truth and I guess it doesn't it's not like important but I don't believe that the people on my mom's family who were accused of what they did did what they did. Um, I just don't feel that in my heart. And I don't, when I talk to them, like, wait, you know, this was like a couple years ago, I was able to reunify with some of them. Like, I just don't, it doesn't feel right to me. Um, so that's what I believe. But that whole event made it so I didn't even get to say goodbye to them. People who basically helped, you know, raise us. I didn't get to say goodbye to my Nana. I was just like brought to the airport and put on some kind of frontier flight, which I've never, still this day don't like frontier. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you. <laughs> I remember being like, this is, a, this is a little different than a flight to Florida. Um, but we were all, you know, kind of, you know, in shock, kind of trying to be kids, but also we're in shock. Like, oh cool there's tv screens but we're all like what is happening to us where are we going i think they sent one of my oldest siblings like ahead of the first so it was just like maybe four of us but i just remember like sitting next to my youngest siblings like holding their hands and trying to reassure them like we're gonna be okay even though i didn't know if that was true um and then we got there and I was like, what the heck is this place? There's this like green moss everywhere. There's no mountains. Oh yeah, it would be hot. such a it'd be like culture it's hot. shock. It's hot. Yeah. Like I can't see anything. I felt dizzy. I felt dizzy, like and uh we go to like one of my aunt and uncle's house related to my dad and they have like this giant house, like I've never seen like a beautiful, like a mansion-ish home like that before in my life. And that's when I started to realize like my dad's family had a lot of money. And uh, at least some of them did. And uh, we were told to sleep there, all of five of us that night. And I was like, okay, well, maybe if we're all at least together, It'll be okay. But we weren't. Um, I was told the next day that I was going to be going somewhere else. Me and one other sibling were going to go 45 minutes away to a different aunt and uncle I'd never met before in my life. Oh my god. Um... And I didn't know what to say. I felt like I couldn't argue. I couldn't. Um, I just did what I was told. And, you know, the only bright side of it was that Aunt Uncle Lisa had a dog. Maybe I could be its friend. Which he was. The only friend, really, he had. But, um, and they were, like... They were, like, young parents, too. Like, now that I look at it, they were probably, like, in their early 30s. Like, probably didn't know what they were doing, let alone 
what to do with traumatized children. Um, so we were kind of like, I, I, I'm trying not to use this word wrong, but I felt like I was gaslit like for years. Like, why are you upset? Why are you depressed? Get a grip. You're fine. What are you talking about? Your mom was just really sick. I don't feel like that's the wrong way to use that. I feel like um, they're, they were trying to, um, maybe not in like the, maybe they were accidentally doing it. It wasn't maybe like a, they were yeah. trying to protect you, but like also just like, and trying to get you to like focus on other things, but like it's still damaging because it's making you feel like you're making th- things up in your brain. Yeah. You're, and, and yeah, exactly. It's like they didn't want to deal with it though either. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, or didn't and probably to, weren't didn't equipped to. to deal with it. Like, how yeah. do you, I wouldn't, I mean, I've worked with, and who knows what and, they were told? Yeah. Like, true. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I feel like I didn't know that people didn't know how my mom really like died or how it went down until like later in my adult life. I realized that like, Nobody knew my side of the story. There were some people who thought my dad killed my mom. There were some people who thought my mom just died naturally. Then there were the people who knew that she killed herself, but they didn't want to talk about it. So they just pretended she never existed. And I wasn't allowed to talk about her really. Um, It was just easier for them. Like that side of the family, like they do a lot of things. It's not that they're bad people. They're, They're good people. They do a lot of good things and stuff but they're not emotionally intelligent really most of them like they just don't know how to deal with things and they didn't know how to deal with this which I don't there's no handbook for how to deal with this but then they had their own kids and their own problems like yeah you know I don't know I don't know if the aunt uncle I lived with were even were even like doing well with each other like you know I I don't know it could have but there could have been a lot going on besides me but I definitely felt neglected and I felt like I was a guest in the house or like a problem um and you were only like 10 is that 10 yeah mm-hmm. I felt like I wasn't wanted there oh. felt like I had to like earn my way there like I had to help with stuff or which I was okay with doing but it felt different than like taking care of my mom was different yeah, because you're I almost like you're like an indentured yeah. servant almost. Like you're trying mm-hmm. to pay your room and board with being yeah. helpful. Yeah, and literally, if I wanted like an allowance or to like have money to send my nana a letter, I would have to like clean a baseboard for twenty five cents. Oh, Stuff like that. Stuff like that. Which maybe they were trying to. I don't know what they were trying to do. I got the feeling that they thought maybe we were all spoiled, but we weren't. <laughs> I don't know. Um. Just because maybe, maybe the way my dad was, or I don't know what they would have said, but it just, I felt like they didn't know me at all. And they didn't. Um, but they probably did the best they could, but it doesn't mean it was the best. Um, that's when I started praying that God would just take my life away and be, I could be with my mom if he really existed. And I was like, if he really exists, like, you know. Just go ahead and take me because 
I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to be here. I don't want to be with these strange people and being forced to go to church and smile and act like nothing's happened to me. And I sit around all these other kids who've had nothing ever happened to them. Good for them. But I felt like, I felt like an alien. Like I couldn't talk to anybody. I couldn't relate to anyone. And they made me go when my dad got transferred to Atlanta jail. I was never asked, but I was forced to go visit him every Sunday. I made that terrible drive and I'd have to listen to my grandmother say how my dad has done nothing wrong, how innocent he is and all these things. It was almost like they were trying to program us to think a certain way or like have a certain narrative about the situation. I kind of understand it's her son and but at the same time like to be frank I think my grandmother was a bit of a narcissist and I think uh, she kind of might have passed that down to her kids forced to go down there and like you have to go through security and all this kind of crazy stuff like even though it's like a white collar crime or whatever um oh you want to look at my book um, I know. Um, uh, it was traumatizing. I had to go through metal detectors and like I couldn't bring certain things, or I was worried about being patted down by like a random dude or yeah, some big security guys touching your body. Like, mm-hmm. it's surprising like that they would want you to see your dad that way if they want to build him up to be this like. That you had nothing to do with, like that he's innocent. Then why would they want? Why would they subject his kids to seeing him? Yeah, unless it's part of like a parade of like parading the children that don't have their dad. And I think so. I mean, and also my dad selfishly probably wanted to see us. Yeah, probably. Yeah, which I understand to a certain level, but like uh, now that I'm a parent, I'm like. I would never make my child do that, ever. I don't care how much I miss them. I really don't. Like, that's, it was so traumatizing. Imagine my, like, youngest siblings who are, like, five years old, you know, going into this jail with, like, I know, with all these different, like, other people, like, drug dealers and, you know, other people with different walks of life that have led them there that aren't always super nice um, and kind of scary. Uh and then seeing your dad in there too, like, and not even getting an option to no. go. Like, I, I remember one time I said I didn't want to go and I got chastised like crazy. Mm. Where I felt like, like I was, you know, told to basically feel horrible about myself and how selfish I was. Um, I remember my grandmother told me if I didn't shape up that I would end up just like my mom oh. wow and I, that's one of those things like I, like I will never unhear in my head yeah it's gonna be your internal dialogue because but it's like sex it's like she was way more than her death like who are you to say that but as a kid you're like holy crap yeah. like like ugh. I mean she said stuff too that was like well I don't think you and your, your dad and mom were supposed to be together. You would have come another way, basically telling me I wasn't supposed to be born. 
Oh, oh, that is such a strange. You know what? I I've had my dad say that to me one time, where he thought him and my mom should have waited to have kids, and then I was like, "Well, then I wouldn't have existed." And he was like, "Oh, it, it would have. You would have gone to a different family." And I was like, no. "Almost like I'm disposable." <laughs> yeah, like, like I just like, fit in a yeah. slot. Like whoever was next up in the raffle but that's, line. But that's kind of like that's how. I mean, she was kind of secretly really mean, like. Yeah, and I know my dad's family will hate that I say that, but like, she was really mean to me. I mean, she was not kind. Like, there was only a few times in my life where she was kind. It was when she was had dementia. She didn't know who oh. I was. Oh. You know, or she, or she kind of felt maybe a slight bit of guilt. I don't know. But anyway, so I would hear that kind of stuff often, especially when I um when I didn't want to do something. Like, see my dad or go to church or whatever. So I basically, I, I, my year, my years there, you know, I got to do some things and be a kid sometimes. I ended up, like, really clinging on to school because it gave me a break from everything. I, like, like, got into whatever we were reading, any history we were learning, anything, and I just tried to get lost in that. But then as soon as I got back to where I was living, it was like I was back in hell. And I and I had to remember everything that happened to me and and feel like an outsider and feel like I didn't belong in that home and they didn't want me there. Um, You know. That's just how I felt as a kid. I don't think they I don't think they intentionally wanted me to feel that way, but it's hard when. I don't know, the kids. I mean, my cousins who I love to death, like they didn't ask for us to like be moved there, you know? Yeah. Like, at it was the a time, disruption to their life too. Yeah, yeah. It was a disruption to their life. And like, you know, I, it's really complicated and, you know, I love them dearly. I'm glad they're in my life, but I, I mean, I'd understand. You didn't want me there either. <laughs> um, and I was a mess. Like I, like I said, I was praying to like be dead I started cutting myself at like 11 years old. Um, yeah, not good, not good times. And it just bled into everything, like my social life just bled into everything. I felt so abandoned and insecure and not lovable. And I took any kind of rejection really hard. So for the you know three years or so, we were forced to visit my dad and eventually to get out. And then for some really, for some really dumb reason, I still don't understand, they decided it was okay for us to be unified with them right away. Which I think was a huge mistake. I don't know. Like, I don't, how could you, like, somebody who's been in jail for that long, who's had their own issues, like, you know, <laughs> not mentally sound, like, just throw five kids who haven't even been living together. You know, I haven't, I didn't ever, I never got to see my other siblings really. I didn't know how they were doing. <laughs>